Stand clear. 100% wild podcast. So for all you listeners, hello and welcome to definitely not your favorite outdoor podcast. What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Drury Outdoors 100% Wild Podcast, powered by DeerCast. I'm one of the co-hosts, Tim Chelsvik. I'm the other one, Matt Drury. Yeah. And today, we are excited because we got the best co-host that we could have asked for. <laughs> a real professional. A real professional turkey hunter and professional media member. That's right. Yeah. Without further ado, we've got Mr. Ray I. I wasn't sure I'm ready for all this uppity uppity man well, you got a lot of energy today it, i've never seen you with so much energy it ends now <laughs> because the cat head biscuits are about to kick in and i'm gonna go on a food coma so off air before we started the podcast ray was kind enough to bring in his famous bambi biscuits yeah and if you follow ray on social media he's he's had a radio show for you said 24 years 24 now years. and that they do it every weekend and every weekend i see him waking up to make donuts or biscuits it's pancake <laughs> breakfast yeah we do it and every month. it is amazing and I've, i was <sighs> salivating looking at this food every every weekend so he begged <laughs> it was awesome it brought a tear to my eye <laughs> we need to get ray in the show so he can bring us food also we might do a podcast yeah i mean that was really just the the guys that subterfuge <laughs> yes well it worked it made me feel like i was back at turkey camp because when you're in turkey camp yeah. with ray he takes care of you we, we were down at devil's backbone hunting he coordinated fresh a fresh donut delivery for joe hollingshed Krispy cream out in the middle of nowhere, too. Out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, we're meeting up at like 4.30 yeah. in the morning, and I, you had Marty, your yeah. brother, just snag some donuts on the way in. Yeah. So before we go any further, Tim, I want you to list off a few of Ray's accolades, because he is a Hall of Famer. He is one of the originals. He is an OG, and I, I just want to hear it all from start to finish what we got here. Or do and we I'm, have enough time? And I'm old. <laughs> I said OG. <laughs> well, we should probably oh, lead with the fact like Ray is Ray is Mark Drury's turkey hunting idol. Like, well, of course. That's that's got to tell you something. The Missouri right boy. <clears throat> what? When did you really get rolling with turkey with turkey hunting? I mean, how long ago? Oh, you you what really year? want me to tell you that? 1962. I killed 62. my first turkey. So. I when, went into the industry like the last of the 70s. So by the time Mark, that's about, you know, as Mark would have been, I, I would assume, probably teenager, late teens, yeah. early 20s. Yeah, you see Mark at the contest and stuff. And now uh, he's, the day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he, you know, really you weren't that far geographically. No, not really. From where he was, where we grew up in Bloomsdale. Right. Bloomsdale. Originally, I'm down from Iron County. Okay. Down around uh, south of Potosi. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Johnson Mountain, Johnson Mountain University. Where I went to you're, school. You're the dean. Yeah. You ought to see so many school teachers when I go in and give a presentation to the kids, and she asked me where I got my education. I said, Johnson Mountain University. And she says, well, where's that at? She has never heard of Johnson Mountain University. I thought everybody heard of Johnson Mountain University. <laughs> he could give you an honorary doctorate. Yeah, good. Degree. Yeah. yeah, I've been looking for one. That's a, we'll have to work that out. So, so Ray, you... Comes with a cat head bitch. <laughs> hey, yes. I'm in. You have been inducted into the NWTF Hall of Fame. Quite an honor. Which is absolutely incredible. Like standing shoulder to shoulder with some of those Was guys. Was that 2022? Yeah, 2022. Yeah. I didn't get to attend that, but uh, my brother Preston, Preston. Pittman did, took care of the presentation for me. And yeah. It scared me to death him being up there talking about me. What's he going to say? He's, gonna, what's he gonna say? <laughs> He's got the dirt. Me and Preston go back to the mid-70s. Yeah. 
long yeah. time. Traveled together, hunted together, built calls together, did shows together. What a guy. He is a he's a peach, isn't he? Oh man, he's my brother. So um so you you're also a grand national champ, uh also NWTF communicator of the year. You've been on TV since the early eighties. Yeah. There goes my radio age. show for twenty four years, uh Conservation Federation of Missouri Communicator of the Year. Um, inducted into the Legends Hall of Fame, the Outdoor Legends Hall of Fame. And uh, you're one of my best friends. Like, I, I can't tell you how well, much we won't I, hold I, back. I wouldn't go as Boy, far saying that. I, mean, I don't know if that's mutual One of not. these things is a lot. <laughs> oh, yeah. Friendship is one way a lot was, of the times in was, my world. It was an esteemed list up until the end. <laughs> wah, wah. Well, you know, people ask me, uh, how do you get into the outdoor industry? And really... I, I just say Ray I. Yeah. <laughs> He's the reason, because I got nothing. He's the reason that I'm here. He's the reason I, I've done almost 95% of the stuff I've done in the outdoor industry is because of Ray and his friendship and his tutelage and opening up doors. It, if I'm, me. correct me if I'm wrong, but is that, that's how we met you. Mark and Taylor right. came in to do radio the radio show and you were there, right? Yeah. That- yeah, literally like probably about a mile away from here. You're one of your old radio oh, stations, yeah. uh, the studios. Yeah. Uh, I brought my podcast gear in to do. Uh, I was doing Ray's show, and he said Mark and Taylor are going to yeah. be on. So I brought my gear, and he allowed me to interview said, them. Hey, I'll them. introduce you to Mark. Yeah, yeah. I've known Mark for years. Great guy. And so it's I Ray's told Mark. Fault. I said, you know, <laughs> yes, you know, I said, you know, you know humor the guy, you know. So. <laughs> I'll take whatever I can get. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not too proud. Yeah, no, no it all worked out great. I, I was glad. I, glad we could do that and get you guys together. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so uh, obviously, turkey hunting is is coming up. We want to talk about NWTF and okay. everything that happened there. It was, it's a it's it's kind of like a, the Christmas of it's the a hunting world. Pilgrimage for a lot of people. It really is. It's, it's homecoming. It's a homecoming. I was family talk- reunion. I was talking to Mark yesterday and just kind of recapping because he he went to the show this year and none of the rest of us were able to make it. And I was like, so how was it? He's like, it was unbelievably packed. He goes, yes. it was the most amount of people I had ever seen. And he goes, he, he was talking to one of the directors uh, for the NWTF and he, they had said that they had already surpassed the previous year's, I guess, attendance by like the day and a half in to the, yeah. the three-day show that's what i noticed on a on a thursday i've never seen thursday, like geez. That. you couldn't get in that's what he said front. it was unbelievable i saw mark from a distance and i was trying to keep my eye on him i wanted to say hi <laughs> mm-hmm. and i wanted to squeeze his good-looking wife mm. and i never did get to see him again he he, he was saying that he, he it's the most he's been pulled in different directions yeah. that he can recall and some of those old you know we've been doing then dip NWTF show for a long, long time. time yeah. ATA used to be crazy right. busy like right. that. And he's like, it's the craziest show it I've been to. It was unbelievable. And I can't even imagine what it was like on Saturday because I came back on Friday. Mm-hmm. And then I heard reports from down there. You couldn't even walk in the office. Yeah, that's what he said. It was just nuts. Yeah, it was all the wall people. Any place that I walked, I got stopped. It was wonderful. Great folks coming up say, I wanted to meet you. And, and how's your wife? And how are you doing? And will you sign my hat? When you're in the bathroom, at the convention and you're signing hats. Lovely. You've made it big. <laughs> they, can only they just kept handing me hats. I was trying to get out of the bathroom. You know? It was wonderful. It was nice that people... This isn't an appearance, guys. I know it's a <laughs> yeah. present. But... Yeah. I mean, wow. How flattering that, you know, they even want my autograph, you know. But to, to, it didn't matter where I went or where mm-hmm. I stopped or whether I was outside. I was in the... Got in the elevator in my hotel. I was going to go home. And there was a group of folks there, and they held the door, and I got in, and he goes, I can't believe it. I got my book. I was going to try to see you at a convention oh, to sign my book. I cool. Said, well, we got in the lobby. I signed his book in the lobby. Awesome. And then he caught me, you know, and I'm saying, but there was so many people that asked, and 
wanted to see me, and it was, it was just incredible. It was an incredible show. So for the young guns out there listening to the show or watching the podcast, you know, they may not know of you. They're just yeah. getting into hunting or they're just really getting into turkey hunting. What what was it that set you apart back then and set you on this trajectory to today? Because you're widely regarded as one of the aficionados for turkey hunting, talking turkey, knowing what they're doing, fall turkeys, you know, famous yeah. for fall turkeys. I know what he's going to say. <clears throat> what am I going to say? Just unemployable in any other industry. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, that's, pretty, pretty much <laughs> this entire industry. <laughs> that's why we're pretty all much. here. Being honest with people, helping people, telling them the truth mainly, uh, just being yourself. And I learned early on uh, when they first threw me on a stage to do a seminar. Uh, let me back up a little bit. I was at the local Walmart store demonstrating calls because I'd sold some calls there in the 70s, late 70s. Mm -hmm. And the guy called me and said, could you come in here and show people how to use these? They're, they're buying it, but I don't know. So I came in to do that, and a gentleman in a suit was standing there watching me when I was talking, and I started telling him about hunting, teaching him, you know, hey, this is what works for me, you know, try this, mm -hmm. and this is this is what I do, you know. I'm not going to tell you it's, it's the right thing, but it works for me. And when he got done, he said, uh, could I talk to you for a minute? And I said, yeah. He said, we have a continuing education program at Jefferson College, and our speaker can't make it this year, and I wanted to see if you would be willing to do the program for us. And I said, sure. And then uh, I called Ralph Dern. I said, how do you do a program at a college? You know? <laughs> and he says, I'll put you some slides together. So Ralphie wow. Dern put me some slides together, told me to click through them and talk on them. So I did that, and I was like going down in flames, you know. And so I'll... <laughs> These guys, especially my friends out there, sticking their tongue out at me. And stuff. How many people were in that first session? There was about 300 people. Holy they heck. had this thing set up. You know, they've been doing this, and then they're speaking. Yeah, yeah. So I was, like, going down in flames, and, and I got to a certain segment in the show. So I told a story. When I told a story, everybody laughed, uh, and it went, went from there. After that, I nice. said, if you have humor and you have fun and you teach and mix those together, you'll be successful. One of the keys of that is is knowing what you're talking about though yeah, that <laughs> and that's helps. what i'd like to dive that's into i mean yeah. you know the topic of turkey yeah. hunting better than anybody so what you know how did you get so familiar with the species how did you get so good at so much at time in the woods yeah um killed my first turkey in 1962 on johnson mountain and i love turkeys I, I was just infatuated with wild turkeys so i was out all year long listening to turkeys following flocks of turkeys watching turkeys i was just Infatuated. I had friends that were mad at me because I was always turkey calling, you know, mm. said, well, stop, stop. <clears throat> Later years, you know, I was making a living turkey calling, and they're like, well, okay, you know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty good. <laughs> but, uh, but from my experiences, and I was doing things in, in the National Forest and the Ozarks hunting turkeys and learning how to hunt turkeys and didn't think I was very good at it. Mm -hmm. And then I got around other people, and, and, the, and I thought, huh, you know, I've been pretty successful. And I, I really worked hard at it, but I, the love that I had for wild turkeys and the love for turkey hunting. And then I was able to share that with others, and I do enjoy doing that. And that, that from yep. the very beginning was I can go to a program or when we did the VHS videos back in the 80s, Eye on the Wild Turkey. Uh, unbelievable. You know, people wanted went to rental stores. People wanted to buy that information. It was just amazing to me that people wanted that. Well, and it's crazy how far we've come in terms of hunting oh, used to gosh. be so mainstream because yeah. you are on ESPN back. Yeah. Like ESPN yeah. used to have hunting and fishing yes, shows on did. Saturday mornings. Yes. And yeah. now, like you, you can't. Right. It, it, you have to go to Outdoor Channel, Sportsman Channel to yeah. find hunting mm -hmm. content on television. Yeah. Look at the difference from when I started in the industry. It was the national magazines, mm -hmm. and uh, you did a hunt now, and it didn't come out till next year. Yeah. 
but everything was from magazines. You didn't have all the social media. You didn't have cell phones. You didn't have any of this stuff. Mm. And when they they carried huge cameras, and Mark and Terry remember the days they carried big cameras. Yep. Take the cameras out there, and and I was talking to uh, Cus Strickland about that too. It's like early on, it's like if you just saw a glimpse of a turkey on video. Like, Did you see that? Everybody <laughs> was so excited. You Our know? first videos yeah. were made of a lot of half-ass encounters. <laughs> yeah. barely in the timber. Right. Right. Got him, shoot him. You know. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Got him, shoot him. Yeah. What a difference. Now, well, people today have a better opportunity to learn, whether it's white-tailed deer or turkey. There's so many formats of stuff out there to help them. A lot of content. We didn't, we didn't, yeah, a lot. Of, we didn't have that. I, I'd like to ask you a little bit more about that, though, because we talked about it internally a little bit. And some of the stuff that I think we take for granted, and, I, and I'd say this from a Mark and Terry perspective, because they've been around it like you have for a long time. They've seen a lot. They they know how to call turkeys. They know how to, right. you know, get turkeys to come in. And we may have lost our way a little bit in explaining that to the viewing audience. And, uh, exactly. Because it's as, as much about entertainment and the attention spans are so right. limited now. So you're trying to get, right. you know, you know, great footage and in your face stuff. Yeah. But are we teaching as well as we used to? I mean, the first several titles that we did it was like you were talking about with your yeah. vhs tape back then it was all about teaching people yeah, how to education call a turkey mm -hmm. what the turkey how is to, doing how, how to, to information which i still do and which i'm still involved in which i believe we need more of i believe you're right the education portion too much and i don't want to get off here but too much a look at me i'm a hero uh, i'm on tv uh, I'm in my truck. The music's blaring. You yeah, know, I got hot girls in here with me. Uh, yeah, that's me do it. Uh. <laughs> You're just music blaring, anyways. It's like <laughs> my first video, "Eye on That Wild Turkey." I was condemned because I didn't have a bunch of kill shots, but I didn't want a bunch of kill shots. I wanted to teach people how to hunt turkeys. And what, what was the name of the guy? I apologize for not remembering, but he was up in Pennsylvania, and that's the guy that he produced videos like that as well. Mark, I remember Mark and Terry talking about... Denny Golvis. Denny Golvis. Denny Golvis, yeah. And he produced, he produced videos that just... Turkeys talking, the turkeys calling, in. how to he, call. But he exactly. never killed them. Right. And I think that's where Mark yeah. you know, went to Terry and said, hey, I think we could call him in, but we could kill him too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah. Imagine that. Denny's awesome. Denny, I've known Denny since the 70s, I guess. Well, tell him my age again. <laughs> Ray, one of the things that you mentioned is so important. There's just no, there's no replacement for time on task. True. When it comes to skill development. And I, and I think sometimes we lean a little too much on – I would go to YouTube and look up a, a video on how to do this. Short and sweet, fast, pass the, yeah. the guy. I don't want to put in the work. Yeah. I just want to. Yeah, you need to put the time in. Uh, where I learned a lot more about turkeys is when in the 70s is when I guided, guided hunters that knew absolutely nothing about turkeys. And that's when I learned how I needed to <laughs> you do things. Two of them, right? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I was like, wow. And uh, it just. You know, I could tell a thousand stories about that, but you learn so much more about those turkeys and how to get them into to people that are fidgety and moving around and not sitting in the right place and all those fun things. So I, I want the audience to hear one of one of yours because you have stories from, you know, flying flying across the country, jet setting around, meeting up with people, I'll going to Hawaii, and and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, and and the the crazy thing that I didn't even think about with Ray's stature is that guys want to challenge him when they come in, like, well, you got this old bird that no one's been able to kill. And, Always. And, and, Always. And so, so tell us about... I'll tell you a couple of them. One of them was in Florida with the Turkey Federation was going to shoot their television show. Was Rob there? Uh, no, he was, he was later. But when we 
the guy that picked me up, it was a representative of the Turkey Federation, and we went to different places. When we went to the first outfitter, the first thing I heard was, now you got to remember, these turkeys are call shy, so you can't be doing a lot of calls. Start telling me what I need to do. And I said, well, i got to do what I need to do in a short period of time <laughs> and make it happen, so can you take me where we're going to hunt and let me kind of look around a little bit and take a ride? And he goes, yeah. So we went to ride, and we got out, and I heard a hen yelp. And so I cut and yelped, and she yelped, and a turkey gobbled, and they drove off and left me in the swamp. <laughs> and so my representative came back about an hour later, picked me up, said, where'd they go? He said, well, you messed up all their hunting for this spring by calling to that turkey, so they just left you in the woods. And I what? said, well, well, we're not going to hunt here, so let's go somewhere else. You know, yeah, those sort of things. Uh, well, I don't even understand the reason. I, know. I mean, I get being called. And I, 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 over, I overdid it in my book by talking about it so much and didn't talk as much as I should have, I think. But I went into another uh, ranch in, in Florida, and they said, we can hunt here, we can hunt here. Now, don't try to roost them because they don't like it. And what this came down, and just to be real honest with everybody, this particular place was selling turkey hunts for the Osceola turkey in Florida for $3,500 a bird because they're so elusive, and you can't they don't like calls, and you can't hunt them. And then the old fat boy from Missouri comes in and just smokes them, you know, with his guys for TV, and it didn't make them very happy. They said I couldn't roost, so I went and roosted, and that made them mad. So they, they put me in a designated area, and then they watched me. And that happened a lot in a lot of places. They put me in places, South Dakota, they put me in a place where they had a motocross bike race the day before, put me in there because they didn't want me messing with their turkeys. But anyway, so he understand. said, we can't hunt this area over here because they've been call shy in there for three years. And there were some turkeys that came by the lodge, and we was on the porch, and I went to call, and they, they grabbed me, literally tackled me. Don't call to those turkeys. <laughs> They're call shy, you know. So next Mark morning, we was going to go to this shy. place. We was going <laughs> to go to this other area and hunt. And I <laughs> said, uh, he says, where are you going? Because I went the other way. He says, we're going over where they're call shy because ain't been nobody in there, you know. Yeah. So we went over there, and, man, I cut and yelped, and they gobbled up and down that waterway there, and we set up, and I shot the most beautiful footage of six gobblers just running into the call. Nice. He smoked him, and a guy came in because he saw we were over there, and he come running up behind me, and typical me, I shouldn't have done it. I turned around, and I said, that turkey ain't call shy anymore. <laughs> <laughs> He's dead. <laughs> That's when you uh... – that's when I got escorted off the property. <laughs> oh, I'll give you I'll give you one more that's more fun than that. This thing's coming down, guys. I'm sorry. Hey, you can fix it. Adjust it. So we went. I keep talking about Florida, but it's, it's, it was all over the country. But me and Bobby Whitehead and a bunch of us, uh, outdoor media, went to a Florida media hunt with uh, Winchester Ammunition mm -hmm. and, and Mossberg and them. Anyway, long story short, they said we need to sit down in a certain area, and at 8.30 the turkeys would walk by because they don't like calling. And Bobby Whitehead looked at me and go, okay. Don't, don't say anything. It's all right. We've been there. We've been there before. So we get in there, and we're going to hunt. So we did their deal. We went and sat at 8.30. It was supposed to wait to 8.30, and I got to looking around, and I started calling. I kept hearing these turkeys behind me. So I started calling. Anyway, this turkey finally answered out this way. Turkey come in, and mm -hmm. got Bobby set up, and uh, kept calling. Boy, he come around, and Bobby got a turkey. We got it on camera. So that was cool. But I kept hearing these other turkeys. So I went and found the guy that was running the ranch. I said, hey, what's back here? And I went to map and showed me, can I hunt back there? He said, yeah. So I took uh, my Turkey Federation guy and one of the media guys back mm -hmm. there, set up the camera and shot a television show. Flew into a field, strut. Oh, it was beautiful. Unbelievable footage. He killed a nice gobbler. So now we got two on the show, so I'm pretty much done. So we're back at the lodge. With the big, we had, there must have had 20 people in this place. So the guys that I know, Wanted to see some of the footage. I said, nah, I don't want to do that. And he goes, now, nah, come on, just play a little bit of it. I said, okay, but one time. So I 
plug in the <clears throat> tape from a camera, plug my camera mm -hmm. in. The guy's going, oh, wow, wow. Well, the owner, I call him cowboy hat wearing. He comes in with a plate of food, breakfast. She'd serve breakfast, and he stops. He said, son, what you doing to my turkeys? Like that. And I said, that'd be killing them, sir. <laughs> and uh, we got put in a pickup truck and taken and dropped off at a gas station. What are they And Bobby Whitehead, before he got out of the truck, said, I want to tell you something. The guy said, what's that? He said, I've been kicked off better ranches than yours with Ray I. <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> I don't understand why they would kick Don't off. even try it, to understand. Is your po The point of you coming there is to kill the I turkeys. Got the, I got the TV show. Yeah. I'm done. But you're I'm, doing it in a way that they that they have not signed off on. No, because they make a lot of money on those turkeys because they're too they're so difficult they to hunt. They can't get killed. Yeah, they can't be killed. They're just so elusive. And then when you come in and and cut and yelp at them and they run in and you shoot them, then that's that's bad. Maybe I should that, start that's crazy. A, a guide service because if you hunt with me, we can't kill the turkeys. Yeah. <laughs> sounds like so a, elusive. This sounds like a gold mine. <laughs> that's an eastern out but there. That's all you know. Here. I've been standing here with my bag at the, at the airport dropped off really many times. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> and people don't believe it. They cannot believe this. Or I'd go out and, and the guys haven't scouted, so I go find these turkeys and uh, this is South Dakota, and I located them. I roosted them. I came in. I told mm -hmm. the guys, man, I got some birds. Who do you need us to take in the morning? And so I tell him, so when he's giving out the stuff the next morning, he gives my place that I roosted to his guide and somebody Great. else. He tells me to go over here. You know, it's, lots of that went on. Huh. But local guys, you said uh, the local guys, that we had a lot of that. Uh, when all of us guys had come to a place, they'd do whatever they could to say they outdid us. But it's it's. There's some crazies out there in this business. Oh, well, I mean, you guys that. know in the public, <laughs> yeah. we had one in, in Warsaw, Missouri, on a, on a hunt, on a celebrity hunt, yeah. that pulled up next to our truck. My brother was driving. Dale Kuhn, my cameraman, was on the passenger side, and I was in the middle. And he rolled up, and he had stakes in, in his truck, and he had wires across. He had turkey feet hanging all in the truck. Was, oh, you know, I'm impressed. Remember, yeah. And he said, you all see Ray I? I said, don't tell him I'm in here. You know? <laughs> oh, he's around. He says, I'll tell him the local guys, they're going to, you know, because... Uh, they, they got corn out, and they're going to kill turkeys and show everybody they're better than all those guys, Dick Kirby and Ray I and all yeah. those guys. And he goes, and I want to be a guide. And then he started crying. He said, but they won't let me be a guide. Oh. And he started crying. And I said, let's go, let's go. And he goes, I got some ground. Marty turns the truck off and says, how much ground you got? <laughs> <laughs> Marty's a man of principle. <laughs> I've been to that that yeah, event in Warsaw. Because yeah. Tad Brown Tad, used to yeah, be very instrumental yeah, in it. Yeah. And uh, Mark and Terry used to go as yeah. guides as well. Well, let me t see if Mark remembers this. We had They had a turkey calling contest at that event. And I was emceeing the contest, and mm -hmm. I called the caller up, and it was Mark. Mark was coming up to call, and right past Mark over his shoulder stood that guy I was talking uh, about with the turkey feet with tears running down his face. And Mark kind of looked at him, was taking his calls out, and I motioned the guy, and the guy said, you come off stage, we'll take him here. You need to get out of here. And they took me out of there. Huh. Wow. Yeah. The, and, and you've had people, like, it's, it's so weird. I mean, turkey hunting, it's like you are a niche celebrity. Mm -hmm. And to those people who are in the niche, Ray is, it, it's hard It's hard to overestimate <clears throat> or overstate what Ray means to people, whether or not they feel like they're trying to compete with you yeah. or they idolize you. <gasps> Just some of the stories that he's told me about people oh. coming up to him in the public wanting to like... Have a pissing match. Absolutely. About all the time. Stand right on the edge of the carpet and just blow a turkey call and stare at me. Just keep blowing turkey calling. <laughs> okay. Uh, we, did, we did a banjo's playing. We did a show. Yeah. <laughs> we did a show in, in Illinois 
with one of the big dealers, and we had like 20-foot tables with all the product out, and I was doing a two-hour seminar, full mm-hmm. seminar with, with the company. And you do an hour, and you half-hour break, you go back to tables, say hi to everybody, and they'd buy turkey calls, and you go back up. So I'm in the back, right? Well, I'm back there. We're getting ready for the second half. I look up, and there's a guy up on the stage putting stuff up on the podium. So I walk up there. I say, hey, how Sir? you doing? All oh, pretty good. So what's up? He said, oh, I'm going to go ahead and do the second half of the show. I said, oh, okay, cool. Yeah. He wanted to be a seminar speaker. So I walked, went back, sat down. I sat back there, and my rep and the guy from the store looked at me and said, what are you doing? I said, well, guy up there says he's going to do the second half of the show. He said, he's what? <laughs> so they went up there to get him off, and he started, like, struggling with him. So three of them, like, grabbed him, and he started calling. And they're dragging him off the stage, and people are applauding because they're dragging him off the stage, and he's calling more and more because he thinks they're applauding <laughs> him. I swear to God, unbelievable. Really odd. Uh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Wanted to be a sim- and I don't know how many shows I've done where – I get done, I'm visiting with the people, and a guy come up and goes, you know, that wasn't too bad, but I would have done this, I would have done of that. Co- of course. You know, those now things. they have Facebook pages. Yeah, <laughs> now it's really nasty. <laughs> now they can comment on your posts. <laughs> the yeah. guy they drug off the stage? <laughs> Mr. Mark Drury. No, it was probably the same guy that went to one of Mark's seminar, and he held up that the dog whistle <laughs> that Mad Calls had, and he's like, I want to talk to the man that made this, because he was so pissed. <laughs> Mark, that's, that's a good story. Hello. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> he said, Mark said he was doing the seminar and this guy just kept staring at him from the back oh, yeah. stood the whole time staring at him i've seen those and as soon as the seminar ended the guy walked straight to him and he pulled up that the, they had this i forget what the name of the product was but it was basically a dog whistle because yeah. at that time a locator call mark was uh, really into a high frequency right you know and they were studying the the kind of the theory there of the higher the frequency how it gets turkeys to gobble okay. and this dog was i guess they had luck with it and so they start mass producing it well some people have had great luck with it if it's it, tuned yeah. right and then a lot of people did not have a lot of yeah. luck with it and this gentleman was in that category and he was really upset <laughs> that he paid whatever yeah. 20 bucks or whatever it was yeah. for that dog whistle yeah you know you talk about all the crazies but you don't want to forget those that aren't crazy the wonderful people that come sure. up and thank you yeah. And I'm sure Mark and Terry get to thank for helping them. Yeah. And I had a young lady at the at the NWTF convention come up, and she was just beside herself. She says, they kept telling me I was doing it wrong, and I killed a turkey. I said, I got 100 stories about that where I did it all wrong, <laughs> but we killed a turkey. Yeah, yeah. And I was talking to her, and she said, I just want to thank you for mm-hmm. what you're doing and for what you did for me and how you helped me. And that makes up. That's awesome. Yeah. And so like hundreds of them. This is really instructive for folks who want to do something in the outdoor industry and outdoor space or just in general. If you can put your ego aside. Thank you. And focus on other people and what they need. It it just it sets you way out ahead of the. That's tough in our industry because it's very much built on egonomics. Yes. True. Did you just make that up? That was good. We we talk. We've talked about it for a long time internally. I mean, it's it's a look at me kind of industry, and I don't know if it's because of the the male dominated. You know, you're kind of. Speaking of ego. We're taking it. (laughs) So you know, it's a male dominated, and the type of you know hunters kind of a the outdoorsman's kind of that. You know, I can do it better than you can. Yes type of a guy don't show me directions i'll figure it out and so that's i think why it comes into play in our industry more than others or you know a lot in our industry in the old days it used to be yelp three times cluck twice every 15 minutes by the watch and then you go out there and hear a wild turkey you go "Hmm." they're not doing that they're not doing that yeah you listen to a guy like Billy Argus or Matt Van Sice and you see how they are a wild turkey, you yeah, know, and it's right. amazing the sounds that they can make and it's like, oh shit, you know, okay, there is no, 
one way to do it. You know, something I thought about when you said Van Size, Matt, boy, what a great caller, and he he was tremendous this year. I watched a video, I didn't get to stay, but great calling. But he was at one of the earlier contests when he was just getting into it, and him and uh, Denny Gulbis was kind of working together. And, and uh, I was at the contest, and I wasn't emceeing, and I wasn't judging, so I got to went up, go in and sit down and watch it. And I heard Matt call, and he was really good. And he got off stage. He was looking at his score sheet. He was just shaking his head. He was just befuddled. And I walked up to him, and I said, hi. I said, I'm Ray I. And he said, well, I know you. I said, nice to see you, Matt. I said, I just want to tell you something. I said, that was some tremendous calling, great calling. Don't let it get you down. Don't quit. Hmm. Keep doing what you're doing. That's good. And how many times did he win the Grand National? Eight times now. Yeah, I'll yeah. take credit for that. He's, he's <laughs> Coach Ray I. Future Hall of Famer, yeah, no doubt. Absolutely. You know. Absolutely. It's Just unbelievable. Great caller. Great Was caller. it last year we had him on the podcast or yeah. the year before we had yeah, him? Yeah, last spring. Yeah. Yeah. Just a wealth of knowledge, obviously. He really is. He's yeah. a great guy. Yeah. Uh, Ray, I'm curious about the things that, that you would call BS on, like the, the tropes, the principles that people say, like, can't call a turkey down a hill or, oh, you know, there oh, was so much of that through the years. You can't call a turkey down. You can't, uh, let me give you an example, uh, on a Texas hunt with an outdoor media guy from major magazine, outdoor life, wind was blowing like 30 mile an hour. And I had the old box call and I, I carry a, a 6,000 read mouth call for windy days. And we hadn't done any good. It was getting late morning. Anyway, long so there was a big fence there at the border of the property and the turkeys were on the other side that mm-hmm. answered us. So I got on the call hard. Got, I mean hard. And they started, blah, 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 and it started coming. They flew up over the fence. That wind was blowing like 30 mile an hour. They passed us and went around to the left. I said, turn around, turn around. I got him turned around. Face down the hill. So he's facing down the hill. And now I'm blowing that 6,000 call and beating that box call. They come running up there, and boom, he shoots that lead turkey. Okay? Awesome, man. We needed this bird, you know? And so he stands up, lays his gun down, pulls his mask down, walks up to me, takes his finger and pokes me and says, I would never call to a turkey like that. I can't believe... You called to those turkeys like that. And I said, hey, go down there and tell it to that dead turkey. And this guy just shot the turkey? He just shot the turkey. That's the guy that shot the turkey. That's how bad it has been. <clears throat> I don't my get it. With this He's a man of principles, Ray. I don't know what you are, but. And I said, you know what? Stick it I up said, your ass. This, this, <laughs> no, I said, you know what? I'm, I'm a changed person because there was a time I'd have whooped your ass in my face like that. <laughs> Trying to be a better person. Yeah. Now. I'd have whooped you all over this hillside. Uh, how about uh, some gratitude? Uh, yeah, yeah no man. That's what he said to me. Because you just put on a clinic. Yeah. Right? You just yeah, put Nobody on could a kill a turkey, and we killed a turkey. It's hard yeah. to argue with results, but somehow yeah. people find a way to do it. Yeah. So I, I have a question in regards to some of the current tactics that you see a lot versus you may not have back in the day as much. So reaping or fanning, yeah. you know, it's a hot topic on social media. You know, there's, there's traditionalists and I would consider you to be Mr. Traditional, right? Yeah, I'm so, so there's traditionalists that really but have I'm a also problem. open-minded where whatever works at a certain situation. Now reaping as they call it, or the fan is not new. I knew guys in the seventies did that. That's what Mark I said. met a guy in the late seventies that used a mounted hen decoy in the 70s, mm. and everybody thought he was nuts. And the other guy that I met, he had a goose decoy, and he glued a bunch of turkey feathers on it and used it. It was like the first decoy nice. <laughs> and was killing turkeys, and they were laughing and making fun of him, so he quit using it, you know. Um, it, it's crazy. People, the way they think, and their attitude toward there's only a certain way of doing it because, you know, we were on Johnson Mountain in the 70s, and I was with a guy, and we was calling turkeys, and and uh, I got on the call. We was, we was by this big oak. We had to keep moving around the tree because they kept gobbling from different Ooh. directions. You know, finally a bird comes and shoots a bird. So he gets the bird. And, man, we had a great morning. So we pick up the bird. We walk past the split rail fence my great-grandpa made, by the way, <laughs> and went down the holler and went down to the road. And we put the turkey in the pipe culvert so we didn't have to 
carry him all the way up the mountain where we was parked like five miles away and we're going to drive around by my grandma's and pick the turkey up. So as we're walking up, this Jeep came down. He goes, how you guys doing? I said, pretty good. He said, did you hear that idiot down there blowing that stupid turkey call? Huh. He shut this mountain me down. There ain't going to be another turkey in here. Nobody's going to kill a turkey in here for a month, the way that guy was calling. I can't believe somebody. I said, I can't believe it either. <laughs> and I, he, we'd already killed a turkey, dude. We're the guys, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I didn't need to tell you that. But uh, he was, and the guy was over there. I'm going, shh. <laughs> you know, we're getting a ride out of here. Because yeah, you know? yeah. it was like three miles out of Logan Road, straight up to get out of there. But that's happened millions of times i always tell turkey hunters and had a lot of them at the show say well what, what can you tell me i said there's a couple things you need to do first of all you need to slow down you're on turkey time not on people time and turkeys don't go you got fast food you're in a hurry you got all this stuff my, my great uncle marvin said time means nothing to there you go turkeys. perfect yes and mark and terry have said that over and yep. over yep. since yep. then that was you're in on the turkey 80s. time it's yeah. like my grandpa told me one time he goes you need to quit running from turkey to turkey and getting in such a hurry if you'll just slow down It'll happen, and you'll kill a turkey, but you got to quit running through the woods. And I've seen that a lot in the, in the 70s when the magazine articles came out and said, you know, you had to run to a turkey. We'd start a turkey, and somebody come running by us. <laughs> that happened a lot. And, you know, in the early days, you could go to one holler and hunt one place and hear lots of turkeys and kill a turkey. Mm-hmm. And then it got to where you had to get in a Jeep and go to different areas. And so we learned to cover areas in a vehicle and get out yeah. and call, start a bird, then go to it. And that's what we had to do when we were guiding. So I went to Hawaii and I hunted with John Sabati. We went in really early, 9,000 feet, right? Get up there and got walk in the dark. And I mean, it's, you got to be really careful. You'll break a knee and leg and ankle. And set up anyway. The turkeys got by. He said, well, they got by us. I said, John, you guide on this 13,000 acres. I noticed coming in, you got roads everywhere. I said, let's get in your truck. Let me show you something. So we get in the truck. We take off and stop and start cutting and turkeys gobbling. We go locate a bunch of birds. Said you need to take your hunters like this, mm-hmm. and this will really work good for you. And he was all buttoned up, had a nice cap and all clean. By the end of the hunt, he had a shirt unbuttoned open, had his hat <laughs> on backwards. Cut at him off away and make their effing ears bleed. You know, yeah. I messed him. So anyway, where I'm going with this, I helped John how he could cover more ground and be able to, to hunt. This is what you need to do. Yeah. Brenda Valentine went over there with Bass Pro Shops. She called me at home. Picked up the phone, said, "Oh." Ray, this is Brenda. I said, well, hi. She goes, what did you do to John? <laughs> He's a changed man. You put some hillbilly in him. Yeah. What they call her the first lady of hunting. Is yes. That, yeah, yeah, Brenda. Yeah, yeah. Brenda's nickname. Sweet. sweet. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> what did you do to John? Yeah, the Hawaiian Superman. What are, they, are those Easterns out there? What no, are no, they? Rios. Okay. Rios. Oh, John, he, he's, he's a special guy. We went up r- really early, and I, we uh, knew where these turkeys were roosting, and I set the camera up, and I'm but the clouds are below us, okay? And you can see the ocean under the clouds. So you're up high. Yeah. On the right, when it starts to get daylight, you see the snow on Mount Mauna Kea. These turkeys start oh, like yeah. the wave. So I'm videotaping these turkeys on the roost. I'm like, wow, this is awesome. Fingers hit me. I turn around. Hands me a cup of Kona coffee. Ooh. Oh, cool. So I'm sipping coffee, and I'm shooting camera, and I take a little break, and you know, get the turkeys flying down. He pokes me again. I'll homemade macadamia nut mm. bread, you know. His wife cooked that, made that night, hands me that. Then he pokes me again. He goes, Ray, I go, what? Look down to your left. I said, what? Through the clouds, down below. See the shoreline? I go, yeah. He goes, that's the Kona Coast. He said, see where it goes out? He said, that's where all the shopping is. Your wife Janet's down there, and she has your credit card. It's <laughs> <laughs> a really beautiful moment, John. Jeez. <laughs> he, so how long has he been at it? Because I've heard that name for hunting turkeys in Hawaii. Well, I met I've heard John in 1998 and hunted with him in 2000 okay. in Hawaii. Yeah. And then I went over and did uh, Sportsman's Quest 
television show with John in 2002, and then we did uh, all kinds of TV shows and stuff with John. Yeah. He, he's, he's awesome. I, Great guy. I got to hunt with, with John 2018, I think. And we were down in the Ozarks. So yeah. One of your media Yeah, when he was in camp. Yeah. yeah he, so he, he was guiding for me, and it was so much fun because I was getting to be like the, the Missouri naturalist for him. Like we came across box turtles and just all this. Yeah. all this Stuff that he enjoyed, he, yeah. He, he's very interested in nature and the, the ecosystem. And so I was able to, like, he was guiding me for turkeys, and I was able to guide him on just kind of the natural yeah. history of the area. Here's a tree. <laughs> Here's a leaf. I, I know about trees. I've, I've got him on video in his truck driving in, in Hawaii way up on the mountain doing hillbilly talk telling you, oh, it was hilarious with his accent you yeah. know i cut my eyes and there he was all blowed up <laughs> he, he was dog cussing your brother marty because yeah. because john had a bird working in towards me we're sitting on this little like cut and it's super thick vegetation stuff this we can feel this bird spitting and drumming and like he's coming i got the gun up on my knee and i'm just ready yeah. and we didn't have cell phone service down there and marty was coming to check on us and marty drove up in his jeep oh no just as oh, this i bird, remember that this bird's probably 20 yeah. feet away in the foliage couldn't see him yet he's about to step and and i've never I, i've never seen john upset until that point <laughs> yeah. it's like ah we had that bird dead yeah. to rights funny he's 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 something and he always brings macadamia nuts Yes, he does. So as you're teaching a, a new hunter, somebody getting into turkey hunting, what's you know, minus the time aspect of it and spending the time and trying to, you know, I guess learn the craft, is there a, um, you know, a one, two, three type of step program where they can figure out how to call using a diaphragm call? Or, you know, it's one thing to start with slate calls. Right. I think all of us can, you know, pick that up fairly easily yeah. you figure out the tone you're going for and and, and emulate it but a diaphragm calls so Every, yeah everybody's different everybody's mouth is different yeah but you, you got to wall it around in there and figure out where to hold it it's you can do some simple steps just by applying your tongue pressure on those i tell people put it in don't try to call on it just leave it in your mouth until you get used to it and then put your tongue in there and just blow straight tones High notes and low notes, and just practice high and low notes over and over. And then gradually bring your tongue pressure off while blowing very light air and, and call, have the call break and then shorten that up and do that in those steps. And they do really well with that. All right. We need to have a call. Scott, <laughs> we have a call. Scott! <laughs> no, don't, don't get it because I don't want to get embarrassed. <laughs> yeah, because that's, I mean, I, you know, last year was probably the first year where I actually called a little more because I didn't go up to dad's at all. And, you know, when you're mm -hmm. with Mark or Terry, they're yeah. calling. Why are you calling? Yeah. It's really dumb to call. Mm -hmm. First of all, you'll get made fun of. Yeah, they won't <laughs> Nobody's looking Imagine for that. Imagine that. No, nobody's looking for that. I'm, I'm shocked. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, I mean, I, I know they've made fun of Paul Butsky before. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> like, well, yeah, of course I did too. <laughs> yeah. So I, you know, it's one of those things where I have found that the more I practice, the, the more it starts sounding like a Turkey, yeah. you know, but man, it, it is hard to get it to really, to, to get the pitches and the tones that you're talking about. If, if you're not good at it, or I guess it just takes more it practice. It takes a lot of practice. The main thing, everybody needs to understand. And I teach this all the time. Work hard at your calling. Don't, don't make your calling secondary. Your calling is everything. I always say calling is everything. If you can put realism in calling, you will call and kill more turkeys. It's, it's a proven fact. It, it works. I've seen reactions to turkeys. Um, I take calls. I build a bunch of calls, and I'd go out on a turkey roost, 
and along the river in different places and, and do different calls. And one particular call, they go crazy, hmm. go absolutely nuts over. And you go, and you, you, it's got to be the tone, the sound of that call or something. And you listen to the hen turkeys. And so early on in, in the 80s, I changed. I didn't do the straight calls like everybody else doing. I, I'm, I designed a call that sounds like a turkey. And if I blew it in a contest, I wouldn't score. Mm-hmm. They, they, they judge all those same sounding yeah, type calls, sure. but I go to the woods and absolutely murder the turkeys. And I was with Rick Story, and we were in Massachusetts, and I had this call. And every turkey camp I went to, this one particular call that I that I made, I'd blow. I'd ask the turkey. All the guys were around. I say, "What do you think of this call?" And I called. No, nobody liked it. And I had killed turkeys in every state I've been. <laughs> Everybody I was with shot like five television shows. And I was with Rick Story, and I'll never forget. It. Me and Rick was just talking about this, and we were in the truck, and we we're going around these old roads in Massachusetts. Mm-hmm. And we got out, and I cut and yelped. We was locating birds. We cut, cut and yelped, and this, this hen started yelping. And I said, just watch this. And I went, pop, 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 pop. And she did, pop, 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 pop. She went, pop, 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 flew and landed on a limb above the truck Ooh. and was pacing on the limb, calling oh, at us. Wow. And I said, that's the realism in this call. He goes, make me one of them. I said, not in 100,000 years. <laughs> nope. You ain't just, never getting one of them. just one. Uh, you want to hear a funny story? Well, yeah. About turkey hunting. I was going to Massachusetts. That reminded me of that. And uh, I roost turkeys up there, and they told me I, I wasn't supposed to do that. And I'd follow them to the roost, get them on the roost, set up on them tight and all that. So we came in. But before I went to the camp or to where they were going to have dinner and, mm-hmm. and some beers, I went to the hunting area, as I always do, in a rental car. Right? I go from place to place, and I'm calling, and I hear this turkey. And I know the area because I've been hunting up there since the early 80s. And I heard this turkey, so I went in on him, and we call it the killing fields. Anyway, long story short, I get up there. as a rock wall, and he gobbles and gobbles, and he flies up in the tree, and I got him roosted, right? So I come out, get in the rental car, nobody at camp, so I go down to the restaurant. There's the whole group. They've already had their dinner. They're having beers, having a big time, and they're arguing over calling versus woodsmanship, and this was really heated. So I said, well, calling's everything. Oh, no, what's, look, the guy I was going to hunt with the next morning goes, woodsmanship is 90%, calling's only 10%. I said, oh, okay. <clears throat> so I'm hunting with him next morning. So we get out next morning, get to the place. I got a bird roosted, right? We get out, and the first thing I do, and I've done this for years, is I take off as fast as I can go while he's getting ready. So he's got to catch up. <laughs> so then when he catches up, he's all out of breath, and I take off again. <laughs> so the second time we stop, he's down on all fours calling Ralph. Okay, Now he's gonna ready to go. So I take him up there. I said, give me your gun. Don't talk. There's a turkey right here. And I said, slide over that rock wall and face that way. And I hand him the gun loaded, hand it to him. Starts getting daylight. <laughs> Pow! He gobbles. You can see him all tense up. They start gobbling. His buddy starts gobbling. He's gobbling. I'm sitting there. Hits the ground out there about 60 yards. Pow! I'm just sitting there. Aren't you going to call? No, calling's not important. (laughs) (laughs) I said, you better hurry up and put some woodsmanship on him. He's fixing to leave. See how far that gets you. That's funny. Because <laughs> you still see that debate today. Yeah. These same kind of meme pages I was talking about earlier about the reaping. They're they're just really on our asses about that. And and, and you need to have more woodsmanship. And I'm thinking, Mark and Terry, you don't I mean, they know what they need to know to kill a turkey. I mean, the end yeah. of the game mm-hmm. for them, for us, for a hunter, turkey hunter, is succeeding ultimately. You want to spend time in nature, you want to be outdoors, you yeah. love that time watching the sunrise and all that, but ultimately, a job yeah. to do. you're trying to kill yeah. a turkey, right? Yeah, I, I knew guys in the 70s and 80s that used a fan, a turkey fan, and I went out out west to uh, Wyoming and audit there, and, and they were doing the, the fan deal, and that's great, and if that works for you, 
it's got to be a certain time of year and everything right. In field turkeys, a lot of places in the Ozarks, you can't do that. And if you want to do that, I don't, I'm not, you know, I don't condemn it if that's what you want to do. Mm-hmm. But I'm still more into calling than anything yeah. else. But the other part of that, and I just want to say it, is that I was in the air where we did PSAs on turkey safety. Don't wear red, white, and blue and turkey colors. And, set, you know, and people were big, shooting people. Yeah. And then you're out there with a fan, you yes. know. So, you know, I was like, well, okay, well, let's go deer hunting. We'll wear some antlers, you know. Yeah, that, that <laughs> is start, certainly the one. you got to be careful, but I, it depends on where you're at and where yeah. you're hunting. And there's a certain time of year that works. But what happens, and the reason a lot of people get aggravated at that, they see that and they see a successful hunt. And then they go, and the timing isn't right, and the turkeys don't pay any attention to it. And then they say, well, this don't work. You know, and That's like with any of it, though. The, the safety aspect is the one element yeah. that I would agree 100% yeah. on. Like, you you know, these you, when you're seeing Mark and Terry, typically they're on private right. farms. You know, and they they've got somebody private. got their back, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything can happen, obviously, yeah. but but yeah, that that is the main factor in reaping is being safe about doing it, and um, and and I guess you don't know if a kid's going to see that and go try it on public ground or something, you know. Yeah. Something. I know turkey hunters just with a decoy have been shot. Yeah, because mm-hmm. they they shoot yeah. at the decoy. Yeah, yeah. So mm. each to their own. I, I still, all the places I've been, you know, Hawaii and, and you know Florida, the Yucatan jungle, uh, you know, New York, the eastern states. Uh, all the western states, Canada, every place I've turned in, to me, it's just me, there's still nothing like an Ozark Ridge mm. in the hardwoods, me yeah. and that turkey. Oh, nothing like it. So you've, you know, you've had a lot of success with fall turkey hunting as well, right? I love it, fall turkey hunting. So what's the main, I mean, you know, obviously it's not, I guess what's the biggest difference for you? Why do you love fall hunting <clears throat> so much? Because okay. that's something we don't focus this, on. This is really. where I usually get in trouble. It's real turkey hunting. Yeah. It's mm-hmm. real turkey hunting. If you're a good fall hunter, you're going to kill spring birds and be a good spring hunter. Spring season is set up, and it's not always that way, and hunters have found that out. During that cycle when most of the hens are on the nest and gobblers are responding to hen calls. But that's a small window. Yeah. That's not always that way. There's times when you go out in the spring and the gobblers are still fighting and chasing each other. You do a hen call, and they don't pay any attention to you. If you're a fall caller, you call because of pecking order and social structure. Mm -hmm. You're calling to challenge turkeys. And that's why I get tickled at today's Facebook and stuff when I see these guys. Finally, you know, people are seeing it. I used to tell people about it. I, I videotaped and watched turkeys strut year-round every month of the year. And they told me I was a liar and I'm crazy. Now they're seeing it, yeah. but they're still not putting it together because 90% of them that I see on Facebook that show a strutting turkey in the snow or something go, well, it's warming up. They're getting this? ready. They, they're with the girls. It's got nothing to do with it. I videotaped gobblers fighting and chasing each other in June and July in full strut in fields. Followed them and videotaped them. It's all about the pecking order. So in the fall, when you fall hunt, yes, you can scatter turkeys to do a recall, but we never scatter them. What I used to tell folks in the Ozarks, it'd take you three days to find them. Why would I run mm-hmm. them off yeah. when you can just set up and call and challenge them, and they'll come to you for the pecking order? I hunt and kill fall gobblers. That's my love of all turkey hunting. And I do that because I challenge the gobblers. Is it a, a more aggressive calling that you're Absolutely. doing in the fall? Absolutely. To get them to... Gobbler yelps, cutting, yelping, uh, fighting purrs, uh, all that. Yeah. Uh, the gobblers we kill. And then you get in the spring with a, with a hunter and it's not working. You go to a gobbler yelp, he turns and runs in hmm. because of the pecking order. So the fall hunting, the woods is beautiful. When, in the old days when we had lots of turkeys in Missouri, you could go to the Ozarks and, and walk down those logging roads and hunt the entire area call here a turkey and sit down and like 30 birds would come in it was like incredible you know uh you could call hens and poults in but we always targeted gobblers because that's what we love to hunt 
And, you know, I killed a gobbler with my bow in 1975 with a recurve in the first, nice. first fall season in Missouri. And what's funny about that little story I always like to tell about that, uh, I had roosted them, and, and I'd always been around turkeys deer season. I was always calling the turkeys, always in the woods, mm-hmm. listening to turkeys. Anyway, I knew what to do, and I heard them yelping, and I yelped like them. Anyway, they came in, and I shot them. I was so excited, I left my bow, went all the way up to my Jeep, had to go back and get my bow. <laughs> I got to town. And uh, checked the turkey and to check turkey and an agent, Buck Buchanan at the time in Washington County came to check the turkey in. And he said, How did you kill this turkey? And I said, Oh, I told him everything. And he goes, My uncle's standing next to me. He goes, Well, this is the first fall season ever. How do you know how to do that? And I went, I read a book. <laughs> Never done see, it see? <laughs> Leave it at that. <laughs> That's funny. So turkey, turkey numbers. You've seen, you know, you've seen a lot of history here from 1962 right. to today. How, what do you feel like the turkey pop, turkey population? Where are we at today versus, you know, no comparison. It's way down. Yeah, way down. We don't have the turkeys. When turkeys were expanding with the with the restoration program and putting the turkeys, the turkeys were expanding, and you know, and you, up into North Missouri, Iowa, all over the place. But in the Ozarks, when I started hunting, people came from everywhere to the Ozarks to hunt because the only place you could find turkeys, mm-hmm. you could hunt turkeys. But the turkey numbers were. The, when the population was growing, the numbers were phenomenal. Hmm. The glory days of the late 70s and 80s and early 90s, I don't think will ever be matched. Hmm. But we don't have the turkeys in predation. You know, people don't trap fur prices like Ralphie Duren just told me. Hmm. You know, they won't give you a nickel for a fur, you know, if you trap. Yeah. People don't yeah. trap anymore. People, We used to predator hunt. Uh, these these nest robbers and these these predators are just absolutely wiping out the, the young turkeys. Mm-hmm. We've got so many of those now, and it's, it's just a different world. But there's something going on there, and I'm not sure what it is, but to have the turkey population down like it is, there's areas that was always had turkeys, and you can't even hear a turkey in there. Yeah. You know, that's sad. It's, it's just not the turkey hunting's not I, the same. I know North Missouri, like around Dad's place, it's nowhere near what it Nothing was. Nothing what even it was. When, when mm-hmm. he first bought there, yeah. it was 2004-ish, 3, 4, somewhere yeah. in there. And it was it was fun. You know, even before then, you know, the uh, coon dog and the guys that yeah. had John Williams, you know, right. they had turkey camps, kind of media right. camps like what you're talking about. And it was just unbelievable hunting up there. Oh, it was. It was and a, it's just it's, not, it's not I mean, that way. It's been a few years. I see since a little bit of improvement in the flock around the state in different places. But, you know, when you drive from places and you never even see a turkey in a field. That's that's not a good sign. Yeah, you don't see the turkeys you in the field like we used to. Think loss of habitat. Loss creates? of habitat's got a lot to do with it, but I think predation because yeah. look at the dead critters on the road today. Yeah. Uh, coming to the radio station a couple weeks ago, there was 13 dead skunks on the road. Yeah. I don't know, probably 15 possums and about 10 coons in that stretch yeah. of, of 40 miles. I mean, that's yeah. a, that many of them on the road, there's, there's just too many predators. Yeah, I know both Mark and Terry at their farms, they, they're they aggressively, right. you know, trying to kill as many coons and, yeah, you know, you possums. And, you know, of course, In the old days, everybody, tra- everybody I knew trapped. We ran a trap mm-hmm. line before we went to school Yeah, every year. That's well, a lost art. Yeah, it's a lost work. art. People don't do it. And, you yeah. know, it's bad. You're evil. You're a bad person. Yeah, you yeah. kill little fuzzy animals. Yeah. Oh, Matt is. <laughs> well, yeah. I'm bad and evil for other reasons. Yeah, <laughs> yeah that's true. <laughs> Look, you wouldn't believe the, the crap I get when I put on Facebook we were eating. Bambi's mother. Yeah. Oh, I could imagine. Yeah. <laughs> that was the beginning of the end for deer hunting. Was yeah. Bambi yeah. <laughs> the movie? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I got thrown out of the theater when I jumped up and yelled, "Nice shot!" <laughs> <laughs> well, and, and then the residual impact of lower turkey numbers is you keep you have seasons where hunters, especially younger and newer hunters, are 
confounded. They're not seeing yeah, or hearing not anything. Seeing or they hearing. don't want to do it. And it's like, well, I go back and do that because yeah. it's just a lot of wasted it, time. It is a good point because, you know, when you talk to somebody that's maybe they're a deer hunter, but they've never turkey hunted, you're like, man, if you would, if you like deer hunting, you're going to love yeah. turkey hunting. And they're like, well, I've been once or twice, but I never heard anything. It seems boring, you know? And it's right. like, boy, if they're not gobbling, it is boring. Yeah. That's, that's what everybody <laughs> loves. That's the spring. The, the spring hunting is why it's so enjoyable. Yeah. It's the gobbling. People love to hear the gobbling. Yeah. But you would not believe the turkeys I hear gobble in the fall and in the winter. And I, the best archery hunting for, for turkey gobblers is in December. The big flocks and fields like they used to be. Oh, my gosh. Mm. It's phenomenal. I know Scott was mad at me all fall because we had plenty of turkeys in the lease we hunted. But I wouldn't shoot any of them because, you know, I just keep, keep thinking there's a deer about to step out. But, boy, was I wrong. I should have shot a turkey. <laughs> should have shot a turkey. Hindsight. There's always next year. There right? was plenty of times where Scott said, if you don't, I will. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Scott's an opportunist. Yeah. All right. We, we, let's hop into the real wild clip of the week. It is powered by DeerCast. All and right. It's, uh, it's kind of a weird one. Where's okay. That? So right behind you here, Ray, we got a real wild clip. It's something that uh, I believe this clip, if... Okay, here we go. This clip, oh, this deer's tongue is hanging out by four inches at least. He's, I would call that eight inches, but I guess I'm measuring. <laughs> That's what she said. And uh, so this deer, they call the deer Buttlicker. That's the name. <laughs> That's the name of that deer. He's been on the farm for a couple of years. And uh, uh, I guess guy. maybe his jaws broke, or yes, I don't know. Probably what, something's broke for that to hang out like yeah. that. And da Dad's like, man, you could see him in the coldest days in the winter, and that tongue is hanging out four or five inches. <sighs> it's like, how does that not freeze off? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, especially like single digits. Yeah, Unreal. isn't that crazy? Wow, it's like a damn dog. Yeah, <laughs> uh, he's messed up. Something's something's wrong with him. Yeah. Is it always on the same side? Uh, I think so. Yeah, I think yeah. so. So, anyways, Ben dug that clip out for us, but uh, I don't know if that deer's still running around the farm or not. That was a few years back, but wow. that's uh, the real wild clip of the week, Buttlicker. <laughs> Buttlicker. <laughs> I told you you'd enjoy the name on this one. Right up Ray's alley. Jeez. Ray, this is the part of the show where we, if you were a call-in guest, we'd let you leave. Yeah. <laughs> but you're here, so you're, you're stuck to all the shenanigans. But honestly, I felt like you might enjoy this. I don't think we can make Ray. I did. No, I think that'd be <laughs> not going to happen. All right. We got our buddy Jared from Ohio. He called in with a question of the day. All right. So the question of the day is probably presented by the all new Tinsing Packs. Every hunt has the capacity to be epic and there's a Tinsing Pack to get you there. Hey there. This is Jared Mummert from Ohio. First of all, really enjoy the podcast. Keep up the shenanigans and content. We Great will. stuff. So I've been stop. lucky enough to dodge EHD until this year. We got annihilated at our property, especially our bucks. I know from following your team in the past that your farms have also gotten hit hard, especially on some years. So I'm curious if there is anything that you would suggest to do going into next year to help the herd and property bounce back. A little info on the property if it helps. It's 176 acres, which is part of a larger roughly 550 acre block of hardwoods. I put in about five acres of food plots for fall and winter. And there are lots of mass-producing trees in the timber. We have water on the property in the form of a centralized creek and a few small man-made ponds. I look forward to hearing from you, and thanks for the opportunity for suggestions. Man, Jared's audio quality was the best we've ever had for that a question really of the good. day. He's in the next room. <laughs> is this 
the guy that works for Ben Rising or something like this. The quality was really good. He's from Ohio. Amazingly ben got hit with EHT. They should be friends. Yeah. Uh, I, I, do you have much experience on that side with EHT? No. So, of course, Mark and, and Terry. Mark's been hit, I think, three or four different times wow. through the years in Iowa. And Terry got hit really bad. I think it was 2018 in North Missouri. And when it comes through and it's so pockety, it really is very drought dependent and, and you know, depends on how wet your spring was. There's a lot of factors there, mm -hmm. but it's very pockety. So it could be a farm two miles from you that didn't yeah. get touched and your whole deer herd got wiped, wiped out. out. Yeah. And, wow. and, and for folks who are listening, you maybe don't know what EHD is. It's epizootic hemorrhagic disease. So it's almost like it, that's a it's, mouthful. It, it's a mouthful and it makes their brains swell. Yeah. It's a, the, and it's what, you know, it, it's tough because a CWD gets a lot of attention and that's a hot topic for hunters, obviously, yeah. whether it deserves it or not. But EHD seems to have this total annihilation, wipe your herd out effect. Wow. And I think, I, you know, I, I, I don't recall if it's different than blue tongue or if it sometimes get missed categorize as blue tongue but that's kind Same of family but but they're yeah, yeah, yeah so i i as far as helping your herd bounce back from that i think you know you got to go in and you got to really kind of do some camera surveys or mri surveys to see what what you're left with and if you have a ton of does that survived and all your bucks have been killed i think you got to then worry about that your herd ratio, you know, going in, it's a one-to-one, -one, you know, that'd be ideal if you have a one-to-one -one male to female ratio, buck to doe ratio, but it's, it's hard to attain. You get wiped out and mostly your bucks were killed. And it's really hard to attain. So mm -hmm. you probably, you know, you don't want to kill your whole herd and, and kill more, but you do have to watch for the fact that all of a sudden you have a bunch of does and not many bucks. So, you know, you might target some of the older does, you know, you might do a little bit of that and herd management in the following season. But uh, really, time is what you got. To, you know, time is what you need. You need about two or three years to, to let that age class kind of grow back into your herd mm -hmm. structure. Yeah, yeah. And, and the other thing, just in terms of prevention, I know Mark talks about when they put in a water hole, try to make it steep on the side so you're not making this shallow, muddy area. For the midge. Where the midges will reproduce, and that's where deer get bit, usually on the nose, and that's what transmits that, that disease. You know, another thing, we feed a lot of analogics in Ohio. That would be legal to do. Mm -hmm. uh, so, you know, analogics is it's scientifically proven to help the deer herd in EHD. And, you know, would you be able to feed them enough to prevent it? No. But you're trying to basically, it's like a multivitamin pack. Make it more resilient. You're trying to help the herd health in general so that when they do get ehd maybe they can survive it maybe they okay. can bounce back from it that's mm -hmm. the type of the product out there that yeah. can help so but it's tough you're fighting mother nature so yeah. there's no there's no silver bullet here, no we thought for sure we were going to get hit with it this past year it was so dry all summer long uh but we really did not that you know like we're just now starting to really shed hunt hard but to, to our knowledge we didn't really get hit with it this year now ohio did i, I saw a lot of reports out of ohio i think indiana might got a hit with it a little bit so yeah. it's tough i know it sucks when it happens to you it, it can literally wipe out an age class but the good part is when they come back, it, it does usually one thing it is it's mother nature's way of mm -hmm. kind of 
doing your herd management for yeah. you. And, and we know that stress and herds, you know, a big herd, it creates stress and it kind of prevents, uh, you know, a, a buck's antler growth from being the full potential that it can be. So we have seen this a lot where when you do get the age class back, you get some monster deer coming back with it. So mm -hmm. there would be that, that'd be the glass half full kind of way yeah, to look yeah, at the it. Optimistic look at it. Yeah. Cool. All right. Thank you, Jared. Uh, hit me up on uh, Facebook through the Rack Pack, and we'll get you a, a podcast hat. And wear it with pride. And the wildlife word this week, it's brought to you by the all-new Finisher Series turkey vest, apparel, and accessories from Blocker Outdoors. <laughs> Built specifically for the avid turkey hunter, the Finisher Series takes the quality apparel Blocker is known for and adds crucial features to help you focus on the hunt, not your gear. I've always said good gear disappears. You shouldn't have to worry about it. You just focus on what you're doing. Good gear disappears, like mm -hmm. somebody's stealing it. Well, that too. <laughs> you left the trail so cam good. out over spring, it's gone. Okay, so the question is, what is an elk moose? Is it... Ray just reared up at that one. <laughs> what is... You may have seen one of these. Sounds like my old girlfriend. What, <laughs> is it A, a Canadian mouse with an elk-like bugle? <laughs> is it B, a decadent chocolatey dessert? Sounds Ooh. good. C, an extinct North American cervid? Or D, a color phase of a moose? What, what say you, Ray? I think it's a dessert. <laughs> Sounds delicious to me. I need I need an oak moose. <laughs> Backstrap? Ray, Ray, Ray's on record. Yeah. That's right. I'm going with C. As much as that sounds tasty, I'm still full from the yep, Bambi moose, biscuit. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yes, yeah. Ray's still got food on the mind. RLST. Uh, um, so, yes, it is C, an extinct yeah. North American cervid. So this was one of the megafauna species that lived. It, it actually was, uh, it existed in the Midwest here. They, there have been skeletal remains found wow. in Indiana, Missouri, Nebraska, uh, Iowa. They uh, probably Kentucky. have it at Bass Pros uh, at, down at, yeah. <laughs> at their museum. museum. Yeah. It's very possible, <laughs> but the, the antlers on these things are incredible. It's almost like a moose kind of goes out, but then there's almost like a red stag set <laughs> of antlers that go cool. up straight, and they're they're massive. They're just cool. they're huge. When did they go extinct? Uh, thousands, of, like 30,000 some years ago, I think, is what the fossil record indicates. Huh. So you don't have very good odds of seeing one out there. I was going to ask you what pterodactyls look like. You don't know what a pterodactyl is? Have you never called in a pterodactyl? <laughs> but we, we had them around here, and we had giant sloths. Nice. Yeah. Hold on, hold on. <laughs> and that's how we change lives on the 100% Wild podcast. If they're still listening. <laughs> if they're stuck around this far. Last, uh, last one of the last episodes, they got treated to uh, Matt's magical uh, Xylophone journey. Xylophone journey. <laughs> that we're desperate for content. <laughs> so we're each playing uh, the musical instruments that we have giftedness in. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. And then uh, we got a five-star shout-out on uh, Apple Podcasts, which we really appreciate. Nathaniel Frick says, Real Talk Podcast. Cool. Great podcast. I really enjoy the fact that there's very little filters. Uh -oh. Uh -oh. <laughs> you guys say it like it is. Keep it real. Oh, we cool. keep it real. That's We're, cool. Yeah. We will, man. That's awesome. Yeah, we need to take some 
classes from Ray on how to communicate better. <laughs> Wouldn't he, hurt. He's the communicator, <laughs> like the Hall of Fame communicator. We we should really take some lessons. Well, you should see the talent that he works with on Saturday mornings. <laughs> I've seen the pictures. Somehow he makes it work. <laughs> he's, he's got Chris Vogler, uh, the Vogler Vogler. I, I've scared people to death on the show, get a new guest in, and they're real nervous. They're sitting over there, and before we go on the air, I motion to Matty G, and everything's off, and I just – Blowing that microphone, just every cuss word you ever heard in your life, and just guess over his eyes, big, he's backing up, and his hair's parting, you know. And I go, okay. And he goes, what was that? I said, I'm getting that out of the way. So when we go in the air, I don't cuss on the air. <laughs> yeah, you're on radio. Yeah, yeah. You're in trouble. Yeah, this get, is a podcast yeah. like the Wild West. <laughs> yeah. We can go back and cut things out. I guess yeah. we could get canceled, but it'd be pretty tough. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so this is the last part of the show, Ray. So we got this thing on okay. Facebook. We need to, if Ray's not in there, Tim, you need to send him an invite into the rack pack. Okay. We need. He's earned it. We need more guys that actually know what they're talking about in there. Nice. <laughs> so the rack pack's a private Facebook group. Okay. And it's listeners of the show. Oh, cool. Join in there. It's a little oh, I'd community. I'd love to be part of that. It'd be yeah, great. Yeah. And uh, each week. Tim lists out a bunch of names here that I have to read, and they're mostly real names. There's a fake name somewhere in there i got to sniff out. And every week I butcher everybody's names. So <laughs> this is a shout-out. All right, so we got John Nyer, hmm. which is spelled really oddly. So, okay, we're going to re remember that one for a fake name. Tyler James Stewart, he's got three names. We know what that means. Dylan Melton, Tammy McDowell Giesler. I, that's hmm. got to be fake. A girl? No way. Uh, second girl, Karina Kreiner Berry. <laughs> oh, God dang it. Tim put all kinds of three name people in here. <laughs> he sure did. I can't help it if they Th sign this up. This is bull. Because I said that was the, like, you know, serial killer type <laughs> vibes when you got three names. They're like, you know, shot a president. by Timothy James <laughs> That's yeah. a serial well, killer name for sure. Yeah. All right. So Karina Kreiner Berry, Joe Van Leuven. That's got to be mm. fake. I don't know what it means, mm. but it seems like fake. Austin Roach, Paul Everett, Chance, Ooh. Chance to get a shed, to 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 get oh. to get it. Sound it out, brother. <clears throat> Chance to get a shed. Ding ding hey. ding ding. That's the fake name. <laughs> <laughs> shed hunting season. Yeah, we all got a chance. Shed. I got there. Uh, Took me a minute. So, also, are all those other names real, or are there fake names in there? As far as I know, they're real. Oh, but so that uh, that looks like Dillian Melton. Oh, I missed it. I said Dylan. I Dillian. went back and I looked at Dilly and Dilly. Sure enough, he spells it Dillian. So I don't know if he pronounces it Dillian. Hmm. Dillian. Million. <laughs> what if his middle name was Million? <laughs> I'd like that. I'm sure he's never been made fun of before and heard that. No. Dillion, million, um, Melton. <laughs> Say What's that three up, times. D-double-M? <laughs> I love it. Ray, it's been awesome having you on, man. Oh, I've enjoyed it. This is fun. We got to have a way. We got to figure a way. We got to talk off air. Figure a way to have you in more. Yeah, I'd, I'd love to do it. You should think about having your own show. I appreciate, I appreciate, the, <laughs> appreciate the offer. So before we leave, give us a plug. Where can people find you at? Where can they listen to the show? Your address. KFNS 590 The Fan in St. Louis. And uh, we're on uh, KSGM 980 out of uh, Perryville. And Chester, and you know, really cool about 980. Uh, it's an old country station, I love and it. I drove to Nashville and I listened to KS to, to 980 from Festus all the way through to Kentucky. 
It's a strong so it's station. Strong it's really, it was strong signal. down in Sykeston. They call That's those cool. a flamethrower yeah. or something like that. Oh, it's, 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 a, great, it's a great station. Uh, just go to rayi.com or just look me up on Facebook. Just put my name in. Do the Google, and you'll see all the stuff. And join the Rack Pack, yeah. and you'll be in there. Yeah. Yeah. I own the outdoors. outdoors. Yeah, I own the, the legend. Yeah. Well, we appreciate you. The friendship well, more you. than anything. Yeah. yeah. Although those Bambi burgers. The food doesn't hurt. Bambi biscuits. Yeah. All right. Well, thanks for tuning in, folks. We appreciate it. Until next time. Peace out. Bye. DeerCast is now supercharged with maps. Get ahead of your game with killer new features like live Doppler radar, wind checkout to five days, virtual rain gauges, GPS path tracking, and more. Plus, get our 14-day revolutionary DeerCast prediction and access to DeerCast track. Prep, predict, and pursue with DeerCast.